Good morning. It's good to see you. Quite full today, isn't it? Although, yeah, a few spaces down the front. Come closer in future. Um, Right, good morning. It's great to see you. Welcome if you're new. We are um, in week five of a series we're calling Better Together, which is really all about the church and the kind of community that God has called us to build. So um, as Colin said when he kicked off the series, we believe that the church is to be uh, a community on mission together. And we've been talking about some of the features of that community over the last few weeks. And really our, our desire in doing this series is to encourage a big view of the church. We are excited about the church. We believe it's to be an amazing thing in the world not just a healthy and vibrant community, although that is absolutely key, it's fundamental, but one where relationships and love are demonstrated in such a way that they begin to impact the society around, the relationships that we have, the people that we know. They look in on the community that God has created and start to see something that is different from the world around. That is the dream, that is what we see in the Word of God, that is what we are building and fighting for. But not just a community that impacts the town, that influences those around us, the society, the nation uh, that we're in, but also one which is increasingly caught up in the story, God's big story in the nations of the world. And Colin was talking about that um, somewhat last week in terms of the family of churches that we're part of and those that we're involved with all around the world, bringing uh, the word of God, bringing the advancing of his kingdom in nations right around the world. Not only that, but the church is to be the place we read in the word where God dwells by his spirit. So the very presence of God, this, the community of God's people, the family of God, we're the place where God dwells by his spirit. The presence of the living God is amongst us as we gather together. Amen. That's what, that's what happens when we worship. That's what we're looking for. And as we began to, uh, Lift the name of Jesus to ascend it. There's, there's something that happens amongst us, isn't there? The presence of God dwells in the community of his gathered people. So the church should be, is, we believe, an exciting place to be. Amen? And our conviction is that as we talk about, as we look in the word, as we get excited about what what God wants to do with the church, that our minds would be blown, that our hearts would be expanded, and that we find that the church is something that we absolutely want to give ourselves to, invest our lives in, give our time and our gifts and our money and our resources, that his kingdom might be advanced. Because this is the vehicle, folks. There isn't any other. There's no plan B. The church is God's plan in the world. Amen? Amen? So, uh, that's the kind of overview. I hope you've got some of that. I hope you've, you're excited about the community that God wants to build amongst us. We might not see all of it right now, but that doesn't mean that we're not going after something. Uh, today's angle on the church, today's topic is diversity. Um, and that is to say really that there is no community on the face of the earth that is like the church when it comes to its diversity. Amen. There is no other community which brings together people of every race, every culture, every background, every nation, every age, every experience in life, every social status, 
There's no other community on the face of the earth that, bring, that brings together or should bring together people of every different description and every type and uh, every diverse description that you can find on the face of the earth. That is what the church should be like. It's one of the things that I love most about the church. It's one of the things that I love most about Gateway. I'm not saying that we're suddenly there or that we've made it in this this respect, but there is a diversity amongst us which God has brought increasingly over the years. I'd love it to be more, but there's something that I think is incredible in what God is doing amongst us at Gateway. I hope you're excited about that too. Amen? Amen. Do Do I get some agreement on this? It's exciting, it's beautiful, it's challenging, it makes it more difficult, it makes it more complicated. But I believe it's one of the, one of the things that makes the church a sign and a wonder in the world that we live in. There is no other community that should bring people together in the way that the, the, the church does. And to be part of a community that is as diverse as this one is, and we're on a journey, we're only beginning, we're taking baby steps in all of this. I don't want you to think that we've suddenly made it and, we, and it all works very well. But God has set us on a journey. I believe he set our hearts on something that we, uh, that we desire to see and that his glory will be seen in the diversity that he creates amongst us. And so if you feel like you're different from the average or the norm, if you feel like you're not sure that you fit, I want to say what a privilege it is that God has brought us together. It really is. It's an honor to have every person of every background and every nation, every uh, experience in life. It is an incredible honor and privilege to be together. It really is. There's nothing like it on the face of the earth. And it is great to have you guys, by the way, from front. I think Rob's, Rob's um, forgotten our, our dress code at Gateway. Not that we have a dress code, but I see you put a tie on for us today. We're, we're very honoured. But that's the point about diversity. You can come in a suit. You can come in your flip-flops. Or you can come in bare feet. You can come in shorts. You... That, that's the wonderful thing about it. Come however you like, because we're the people of God. Amen. But guys, it's great to have you. It, it now means that we don't have a, um, any, from, any from the nation of France amongst us anymore because you've gone back. But now we need to pray in more from France and more from other nations. But it's exciting that you guys are uh, doing what you're doing now and following the leading of God in France. That's brilliant. And it's great to see you guys. So Colin was talking last week about, um, about us being an apostolic people, about our involvement with regions beyond as a family of churches. And just on the subject of diversity, I guess uh, the thing that really grabbed my heart on this um, was a trip that I made to Dubai, to Gateway Church in Dubai. The first time that I went there, it's the church that Steve Oliver, who leads the family of churches that were part of Regions Beyond, he was leading the church in Dubai for a number of years. Um, It was my first um, encounter with him, really, and this church that he led. Now, Dubai is a place of incredible diversity anyway at the best of times there are people there from every nation on the planet it feels like it is a real melting pot and in the church even more so and I was absolutely blown away the first time that I went there and experienced uh, the the worship the color 
the nations, and what they do there is that every year, at least every year, they have a day. We used to do this, actually. We, we should do it again sometime. And Colin loved this. When we used to dress up in uh, uh, clothes from other nations, it was always his favorite day of the year. That's probably why it stopped. Um, <laughs> But anyway, in Dubai, they do that regularly, and so you get people, not only are people from every nation on the planet, but also they're dressing up in one another's costumes and uh, clothing from other. so you get confused about where people are from and what they're, uh, whether they're just wearing something from a different nation or where, anyway, it's this amazing, incredible melting pot, and, to, and then to worship God together in that way, and not only that, the first time I was there, they were doing cardboard testimonies, stories of what God had done in breaking into different people's lives, and I, I was just undone. It was the most incredible experience. It really did feel like uh, entering heaven. Uh, I, I'm sure heaven will be better than that, but it was incredible, and I I have to confess, it was slightly embarrassing. I basically cried the, the, way, the whole way through the morning. I just could not stop. Um, I was just like streaming the whole way through. It was, it was slightly embarrassing. But anyway, there you go. Um, but there's something about being the people of God in all our diversity that I, I think grips our hearts if we'll let it. And that's the thing that I want us to get excited about this morning I'm not saying this is not a, an area of challenge. It's an area of huge challenge. And I, there may well be people here right now who say, well, my experience of diversity is not very pleasant. I felt outside. I felt like I wasn't welcome, like I wasn't understood, and that I didn't really fit. And I guess if that's your experience over a period of time, then maybe you wouldn't be here right now. But that still may be something that you've experienced uh, amongst us. If that is the case... That's devastating, really. I, I, I don't want that to be the case here. I, undoubtedly, it happens because this is difficult and we're different and we have different expectations and different experiences and we're bound to misunderstand one another. We're bound to hurt one another in different ways. That's just the way it will be. And so we need to be full of grace and full of patience. And I'm doing the whole sermon in the introduction. But, um, but it's something worth going for because it's on the heart of God, I believe. And so if, that is, if your experience is not a good one, I want to say, I'm so sorry if that's the case. And, but our heart is to be a people who, in their multicolored diversity, reflect the heart of God and reflect the heart of God to those um, outside and around. Now, in the, in the world that we live in in 2017, I think this is a particularly pertinent topic, I guess, in some ways, when you, when you switch on the TV, when you look at the news and see what's going on around the world, then it seems like uh, the place is as divided as ever in many ways, doesn't it? And that there's uh, walls being built, literally and metaphorically, um, between people of, of different types. And, and that gives us a huge challenge, but also a massive and exciting a uh, vision to go after, I believe, in the church, because we're to be utterly different from the world around. I don't know if you um, heard the new president of the United States uh, quote Psalm 133 in his inauguration address. Now, don't be too harsh on him. We've all quoted scripture out of context, I'm sure. But it's a great scripture, actually, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. That's what he quoted, Psalm 133. Um, okay, yep, yeah, you laugh, I know. 
But in the Old Testament, spoken to the people of God, actually, not only was it spoken to the people of God, but the, the point of it was actually the very reverse of some of what we're seeing, I think, in America. It was, it's upside down. It's actually saying that the, the church was, the people of God, in their diversity, in their unity, as they come together, are meant to be a light to those who are outside. So that as they become the people they're meant to be, those outside of the people of God are drawn in. And they see something that they don't see anywhere else. That the, the God amongst his people, his presence, the unity, the harmony, the diversity, there's something beautiful that is seen. And those around see God, see his glory and are drawn in. And so the people of God are to be a blessing to all the nations. That was the promise to Abraham, wasn't it? And so when Psalm 133 says how good and pleasant it is when God's people dwell together in unity, that, that's the bigger picture, that's the vision, that something that God does amongst the church then is a light to everyone around and a blessing to all the nations and draws those into the people of God. Amen? It's not just the world out there that's divided. In many ways, the church is divided. I know that. And you, you only have to look at the whole history of the church. And you, you might look at that and say, well, mainly what the church has done is bring division. But our job this morning is not to answer for history, is to say what is on our hearts and what, we, what do we want to do at Gateway? What do we believe that God has called us to be? Okay, let me read um, Colossians chapter 3, because I think this is a great picture of the church, all that the church is meant to be. I want this to get into our hearts, and I think it really helps us on this subject of diversity this morning. So let's read Colossians 3, um, starting at verse 1. If since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So I think that this is a great picture of the church, but 
I think it gives us some key pointers when we come to this subject of the diversity that is amongst us. And really, it's a a three-step process that is very clear, I think, in this passage and so helpful. So the first thing is this. Paul says, set your hearts on things above. And I believe the first thing that we're to do as we approach this subject of diversity is that we've got to set our hearts on things above. We've got to, we've got to let our hearts be captivated by what God wants to do with us as a church and what God wants to do with the people of God. So I love the message translation of verse 2, which says this, don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. So really, set your hearts on things above. It's kind of a bit like praying in the words of Jesus, let your kingdom come. We're to set our hearts on God's kingdom. Things above, that is where God reigns, where Jesus reigns at the right hand of the Father. Heaven, if you like. We're to set our hearts on what it's like in God's kingdom. And by doing that, we usher in, in the the here and now, God's kingdom amongst us. Amen? Amen? That's to be the process. So the first thing is we have to set our hearts on something. What is it like? What are things above like? Where we're to set our hearts? What's it like in God's kingdom? Well, Revelation gives us a picture of that, doesn't it? Revelation 7 says this, After this I looked, this is John's picture of heaven, if you like, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So there's this great multitude in God's kingdom that is from every race and every nation and every background and every color and every language worshipping. That, that is the kingdom of God. That's what the kingdom of God is like. And I believe that that firstly is where we're to set our hearts on that picture. You see, the, the church is supposed to be an outpost of heaven. It's supposed to be the embassy of heaven on earth, if you like, an outpost of heaven where the glory of heaven begins to break in on the things of earth. And so as we're captivated by that picture of what God's kingdom is like in all its diversity, people from every nation and tongue and language worshipping before God, that is to fill our hearts, that is to captivate our hearts. And as it does so, I believe we pull it into the present. So set your hearts on things above, set your heart on this incredible, diverse kingdom. And as you do that, begin to pull it in by faith to the here and now. So that the kingdom truly is an outpost of the kingdom. Sorry, the church truly is an outpost of heaven, an outpost of the kingdom of God. Amen. You see, that's what, that's what the church is. I was thinking this as we were worshipping earlier. This is, this is the point of the church. We're to display what God's kingdom is like. One day we'll see it in all its fullness, but right now, by faith, as we set our hearts on that, so we pull it, we draw it in to, to the here and now. And the people around start to see, wow, there's something different. And that should be breaking out amongst us as God's people. And so where we don't yet see the things that we want to see and that we read in the word, that where we don't yet see those things in the church, whether it be diversity, whether it be healing, whether it be signs and wonders, whether it be gifts of the spirit, whether it be all these things, where we don't yet see them, we, we, set, we, we don't give up, we say... God, we're captivated by your kingdom. And we believe, not in full, because that won't happen until heaven, but 
in part, by faith, step by step, we usher in that kingdom as we see and are captivated by that. And that, that, that happens amongst the church. That happens amongst God's people. That's what we're to be. Amen? Do you believe that? And so the first thing is that our hearts must be captivated by that picture of God's kingdom. Set your hearts on things above. It's true of diversity, but as we were worshiping, I just felt God say, yeah, that's true of every area in the church. Be captivated by God's kingdom. Look at what God's king, dwell on those things. Set your heart on that. And so believe by, and draw it into the present. That the church might be this incredible place that is utterly different from the world around. And so it must be in the diversity that we see amongst us. So that's the first thing. Set your heart on things above. And then verse 5, Paul says, put to death the things that belonged to your earthly nature. Amen? And so there's lots of things. And we, now, we normally think about this in terms of sin and things that we, that we do wrong and habits and things that were in our old life before we came to Christ. And that is absolutely right, of course. But I believe also it applies to the things that define us and our identity as well. Otherwise, why is verse 11 in here where Paul says, here there is no Greek, Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian. So those were the, those were the divisions um, in the Colossian church that Paul was speaking to, those were the pertinent divisions, the things that separated people, that made them feel different. They will be, there'll be a different set of things here. Well, some might be the same, but some will be different. But Paul's point is that actually in the kingdom of God, those things don't matter so much anymore. So the things that belong to your earthly nature before you came to Christ, those things take a back seat. Because you're born again. You died, Paul says. This is a very radical thing. This is not just about being a nice, a nice club together where we all get, get on well or we have stuff in common. The point is that when you came into the kingdom of God, if you're a believer here today, when you came in, when you accepted Christ as Lord, your old self died. You died. That was the end of that. And with it died all sorts of things that were linked to your earthly nature. So the things that, dis- that defined you before, the background, the culture, the habits, the upbringing, the things that shaped your earthly nature, they take a back seat now. And actually the thing that is preeminent in your identity right now is that you're in Christ. You died and now there's a new you. And the, and the key thing about your identity is that you're hidden in Christ, that you're his, that you're a child of God. That's the thing that trumps everything else right now. And so all the things that we used to think of as defining us, those are in the background. Oh, yes, they're still true. So when Paul says, oh, here, there's no Greek or Jew or circumcised, or, of course, those things are still there. We still look different. We still come from different. But the point is that they don't define us like they used to. The thing that defines you is the thing that you have in common with everybody else. We're all here on the same footing. Amen? We're absolutely here on the same footing. If you've just come in the door and you're thinking, I don't fit in here. I feel different. You are here amongst the people of God on exactly the same footing as I am. 
Because we all died. Do you believe that? And so we put to death, Paul says, everything that was associated with our earthly nature. There's a new foundation. This is why baptism is, every time I read, more and more I get convinced as I grow on as a Christian, that baptism is so key because it's the picture. You died. It it was finished. Now there's a new you. The thing you have in common with everybody here is the most important thing in your life. That's why Paul says Christ is all and is in all. And so it's fundamental that after we've set our hearts on this kingdom and we've therefore drawn it in to the here and now, that actually we count ourselves dead, as it were, to those things that used to define us. So what is it that, makes you feel, that made you feel proud about who you were? What are the things that you thought, oh, I quite like this. What, what about your background or your nation or your, uh, your history makes you feel proud? And on the reverse, what are the things that you're slightly ashamed of or you're, you don't, don't make you feel so good? Those things pale into insignificance now behind your identity in Christ. He defines who you are. And so we come today, we come as we gather on this new footing that is Jesus Christ. Which is why Paul says, everything that I thought was great about my life, I count as rubbish now. That's Paul's words, isn't it, basically? I count it as loss beside knowing Christ. And the things that have affected me and the things that have caused me to be hurt and the things that have caused me to be misunderstood and the things that I feel different about from other people, those things, those died in that sense with my old self. And now I stand on this new footing. I'm a child of God. My bloodline has changed. Where where this was my history and all these things that were associated with it, cut off. And now my bloodline is the bloodline of Christ. And that's why I have a whole new set of brothers and sisters. And this has to be the foundation of our understanding of the church. Otherwise, we'll never get to grips with what it is to be a diverse people. Amen? So that's the second thing. Set your heart on things above. Put to death those things that were associated with your old nature. That doesn't mean that we're not... uh, that. Don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean that we're not excited about our heritage, and we, we, but we get to share in that as the people of God, that we celebrate the differences amongst us. We don't, hold them a, we don't hold them apart, we don't use them as things that hold us apart from people. We celebrate the difference, yep, we're all different, we, uh, we're excited about that, but they don't define, they're not the fundamental thing that defines our identity anymore. That's changed. Now it's Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so that's the thing that when we come into this gathering, when we come into the people of God and we look across the room and we see someone we don't understand or we feel different from, what we see is created by God in Christ, saved by him. That's the starting point. There's a load of other stuff and we'll come to that in a second, but that's the fundamental, that's the, that's the playing field where it starts. Amen? So set your heart on things above, put to death the things that were associated with your old nature. And then number three, clothe yourselves, Paul says, clothe yourselves 
Um, in a whole load of new attitudes. So clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, with patience. Bear with one another. Forgive one another and all those things. So we're captivated by this, by this vision of heaven, by what the kingdom of God is like. We understand that we've died, that our old selves have died, that we're now new creation in Christ, and that's the thing that defines us as we come together. But the third thing is, there's actually just some everyday stuff that we need to keep changing our minds on and keep doing differently, okay? And Paul says, clothe yourselves. It's a great analogy. It's like getting dressed, okay? There's some just very practical things that you have to do every day. It's not that exciting. You get up in the morning, you, you have to do it every day. It's like brushing your teeth, getting your clothes on. It's dull. It's same old, same old every day. But you do have a problem if you don't do it and you walk out into the world. You, do, you, you really do have to get dressed at the beginning of every day or, or it causes all sorts of problems. It's not like... Now, I know when I say it's dull, it's not for everybody. I realize I have one daughter who um, plans her outfits weeks ahead, and it's all very exciting, and it's a whole... It, it's not like that for most people, I realize. Getting dressed in the morning is okay. What, what am I going to wear today? But I need, just need to do it. Anyway, Paul says it's like that. There's some things that you just have to do every day. They might be a bit dull, but, and they might be a bit repetitive, but actually you've got to learn to do them. You've got to learn to put on new attitudes. You've got to learn to approach people in a new way. You've got to, and they're not big things, but they're little steps. And bit by bit, as we do those little steps... I believe that that is when the church becomes the thing that it's meant to be. So starting to see, so clothe yourselves with compassion, first of all, Paul says. What's compassion? It's putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, feeling how they might be feeling. It's just little, it starts right at the beginning just with saying hello to somebody, doesn't it? With catching their gaze and saying, hi, how are you? And then it goes to going across the room and praying for somebody, greeting somebody, We're not very good at this stuff, are we? It doesn't come naturally, but it's like getting dressed. We've got to get into the habit of doing it at the start of every day. As we gather, that's what it is to be the people of God, that we've got to act like this new self, that we're new creations, we're in a new family, and we treat one another with love and compassion and kindness. Amen? And we've got to learn to put our clothes on in this way every day. So let's... Let's do the easy stuff to start with. Let's say hi to people. Let's find out how their week was. There's always, do you know what? There's always people in the coffee room there by themselves, new people who don't, that, that nobody's talking to. I, I, can't, I kind of can't believe it. We're the people of God. It's a little thing. It's like getting dressed every morning. Come on, guys. Let's greet one another. Let's serve one another. And then it goes on to inviting somebody for a meal. It's just taking the time, isn't it, to find out what are the differences between us? How do you approach this? What does it make you feel like when you come into this gathering? Especially for those of us who are in the majority in that sense, to say just to take the time to go, how is it for you? What's been your experience? What's your history? Take time to listen. We're about to get... um, we're about to get some new polo shirts for the Connect team, which is very exciting. My nervousness with that is that it's going to make us think, oh, well, they're the ones who do the connecting. They're the ones whose job it is to greet and to welcome and to go the extra mile towards people who might be different. Please, please don't let it give you that excuse. We're the people of God. We're, in, we're new creations. 
We've set our hearts on heaven. We've set our hearts on a kingdom where all the multitudes of every background worship before God and that we're ushering that in right now. This is too precious to leave to chance. But I believe we can do it by little steps every day. It's like getting dressed. Let's start with the small things and see what God will do amongst us. Amen? I always remember there, there was a lady called Faith who used to be part of the church a few years ago. Um, she was from Zimbabwe. And um, I always remember her. So it, it's often the things you don't even know, isn't it, that are, that are differences and that people see differently. And do you remember Helen, her saying to us that the, one of the things she found most difficult coming into this, this cult or into that British culture was the whole thing of there was just too much eye contact. It, that in, in her, where she was from, you just didn't have that much eye contact. And that was, and I never would have thought of it. I never would have seen it. And, the, and that is multiplied hundreds of times over, isn't it? With little things that, we're, that, we've, that are different. But we need to clothe ourselves with compassion. I see Sabine smiling. It was an easy ride, wasn't it? Integrating into the British culture from France, Sabine. Never, never any challenges? No, no. It, ask Sabine afterwards. She could tell you some stories. But the point is, we've set our hearts on something. We're captivated by a kingdom that is worth fighting for. And so we put to death what was our old nature. We put to death the ways that we would have been because of our background or because of the, what we're used to. We, we died to those things. This is radical. We cut them off. If you want to be part of a perfect community, you need to die in many more ways than one. Amen? Did you get that? If you want to be part of a perfect community, you need to die. And then we clothe ourselves bit by bit. We do those little things, take little steps. We go across the room. We, have open, we ask God to enlarge our hearts, as Colin was saying last week, towards those who are different from us, who are around us. And we say, God, as we, as we take those little steps, Lord, by your spirit, won't you come in? Won't you usher in this incredible new kingdom? Won't the church be something utterly different from any other organization, any other group, any other community on the face of the earth? That's God's plan. Amen? Do you want to build a church like that? Prepared to take those steps? I want to pray for us just briefly. If you're saying, uh, yeah, I, w- I want my heart to be, ca- I don't, I'd love to pray. If you want, let's just close our eyes a minute. If you're saying to God, yeah, I want to be captivated by that kind of community. I want to be captivated by your kingdom to the extent that I take some new steps in building this diverse community with those who are different. It's not just nations. It's not just, it's ages. It's single, married single parent families, different family grouping, all sorts of stuff, doesn't it? Causes barriers between us, all these things. If you say, yeah, I want my heart to be captive. I want to take some steps in building that. I want to go towards people in a way that I haven't. Can you stand right now? And I just want to pray for us. If you want to build that kind of community, say, yeah, Lord, I want my heart to be gripped by this. Will you help me to take steps in this? Don't just stand because everybody else is. Stand because you're saying, Little steps, little getting dressed steps, but I want to do. I want to go further. Here's your little audit to do this week. What what does my the people that I mix amongst? How diverse are they? 
If they're all the same as me, then maybe we need, there's something you need to change. Amongst the people of God, that's probably not okay anymore. If everybody that you mix with is pretty much the same as you, then I suggest there's some stepping out to do in terms of building the kingdom of God and his church. Let's ask God to change our hearts. Father, I pray, captivate us, Lord. Captivate us. Do something new amongst us. Father, I just pray for each one standing. Pour out your spirit. Let your anointing be on each one that we might clothe ourselves with your ways and become this incredible new community that you want us to be, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray for each one. Lord, pour out your spirit. Anoint us, Lord. Do something new. Accelerate this process amongst us, Lord that we might glorify you in the way that we are with one another. Amen. Would the band like to come back? Let's, um, let's worship together and then we'll go on in response.